Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Let me read this. Some of you may have heard this before. It's a, it's a quote, and it's a very true quote to start us off and get us going in the Word. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians. Okay? Let me say that again. The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today, listen closely, is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but their walk and their lifestyle denies him. So they, they say they love Jesus with their lips, then walk out the door of the church and deny him by their lifestyle. Amen? And then this quote goes on to say, this is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That, that a people would say, they love Jesus, that they believe in Jesus, that they follow Jesus, but they don't act like Jesus. I'm, don't, I'm not talking to you. Why is everybody already acting like you? Maybe I am. I was talking to everybody else. Amen. Nobody in here. You don't have to get quiet. I'm not thinking of nobody. I'm not thinking of anybody's example. I'm just saying that, that this is the truth. Our, our reach has to do with our testimony. We can't reach people if we don't live a life that, that makes them want something different than what they already have. If they just hear us say, come to church, and just hear us tell them about coming to church and invite them to church, but they don't see a difference in our life, they're, they're going to be like, I'm good. Amen? So the, the reach is the, is the beginning of our vision, and it happens by the title, be an example and glorify God. Amen? This puts a lot of, of um, responsibility on us now that now I'm saved. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. But how am I living my life and, and is my life attracting people? And this kind of is a little bit along the lines of what we talked about in that series in January about being a stumbling block or a stepping stone. But it's more just your individual daily walk. And how many know we got to work on that every day? Every single day. And we're in a process called sanctification. And in the Bible, in Leviticus, you can just write this down for time, chapter 11, chapter 19, and chapter 20, three times, God says these same words, Be holy as I am holy. Okay? Be holy as I am holy. Three times. Leviticus 11, 19, and 20. And then it's reiterated in the New Testament in 1 Peter 1, 15, I'm not having that on the screen. You can write it down. And it says again, be holy as I am holy. Father, tonight, anoint your word. Thank you for this Wednesday crowd of disciples that want to learn about your word and want to be examples and want to reach the lost and want to have fruit in their lives. God, I pray for your anointing to be upon our church. I thank you for all the new people that are coming in. I pray for anybody that's here for the first time tonight that they would feel your presence and your love. If they're coming for the second or third or fourth time, that they would know they're in the right place. Lord, if they've been coming for 20 years, Lord, let them know they're in the right place. Bless your word tonight. Anoint us and cause us to have ears to hear in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. So be holy as I am holy. Holy means to be set apart. To be set apart. So that, as we're going through this, this is kind of going to be an exam without questions. And I'm going through some of the verses and read some of these things. I just want you to think, 
Ask yourself, how's my walk? How is my example? Because I don't think anybody in here would say, I don't really want to be a witness. I don't care if people get saved. I believe everybody wants to be a witness. Everybody wants to bear fruit. Everybody wants to see people come to church and see your family change and all these different things. But it's not going to happen if we don't live the life Christ wants us to live. So as we, as we think about this, this is what holy means. It's striving to be holy means having a relationship with God. How many know that's the beginning right there? This isn't religion, it's a relationship. If you haven't figured that out yet, maybe you haven't been coming long enough, religion is, is always about rules and regulations and checking boxes and this, that, and the other. What Jesus wants is a relationship. Okay, so we're building a relationship with God. And in that relationship, uh, it is defined, a good relationship with God is defined by obedience. Amen? Tell me, no, a good relationship between parents and kids is obedience. If there's a good, if there's a good spirit of obedience between a ki- the kids and their parents, there's going to be a good relationship. If there is disobedience, if there is anger, if there is um, frustration, if there, there, there's problems there, it's not going to be a good relationship. So it's, just, it's no different with God. God wants to have a great relationship with us, and his love doesn't change just like a parent's love doesn't change. But the relationship changes when we don't do what we're supposed to do. So obedience is part of that holiness, and, and, and being part of his will, and, 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 and forming a character that is like God. Okay, so that old, back in the 90s, they came out with a, uh, a bracelet that some people wear today, what would Jesus do? It's, there's a truth to it. We need to ask ourselves all the time, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? How would Jesus act? How would Jesus react? All these different things, because that's who we're trying to please, right? So I want to read a set of scriptures here in 1 Timothy chapter 4. And I want us to keep this in mind, being an example. And by the way, we are an example whether we want to be or not. Probably should have thrown there, be a good example. Because you are an example. Some of you are like, man, I'm not, I'm not buying into that. Well, you're a bad example then. Either way, you're an example. Okay? And how many have ever been used as an example? Like, let me, for example, like you don't want your name to be mentioned when that happens, right? But we're all examples, whether we want to be or not. As long as we live in this world, unless you're a hermit, flap into the mountains, live in a, live in a cloud, you're going to be an example to somebody. And so 1 Timothy chapter 4 let me, let me say one more thing from my little paragraph here before we read. And I'm going to read this one more time. Okay, holy, Be holy as I'm holy. Holy means to be set apart. So I'm striving. Notice as I went over a lot of words on Sunday about keeping and continuing. And the ING is striving. I don't strive. I'm striving. Okay? I don't believe. I'm believing. I don't pray. I'm praying. I don't go, I'm going. Everything's an I-N-G. In other words, it's a continual thing. Amen? I am walking towards heaven. I have not arrived. Nobody in here tonight has arrived in heaven yet, right? We're still here. So we are walking. We are obeying. We are listening. We are growing. All that is an I-N-G. So we're striving to be holy. We understand that that is a very high standard that nobody can, can get to in perfection. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try, right? And going back to that same quote in the beginning, 
if, if we're being the bad example and we're not striving for holiness and, and, and our take so many times is, is like so many people today in church are, what, what, can I, what can I do to fulfill my flesh and still be saved? Right? Isn't that a lot of a mentality is, can I do this and can I do that and can I do this? And, can I, and all these things we're looking for. Instead of, my thought is, why don't we try to, to be as much like Jesus as possible as least like the world is possible, and glorify God. The more I serve the Lord, the longer I've been saved, the, more, the less I want for me, and the more I want to glorify the Lord. I just want my life to glorify God. Amen? I don't need anything from Him. I don't ask, I don't ask God a lot, except God use me. I'm not saying that to sound super spiritual. I want to be an example for God. I want my life to shine in such a way that I am attractive to people to follow God, right? That I am, I am an attractant. Right now, as we go to, into spring and had no winter, we're going to have a lot of bugs. Okay, that's something you don't think about when you whine about being cold, is the bugs don't die. So we're going to have lots of spiders and lots of everything, right? And we need repellents. You better get out there and start putting your bug spray out. Better start putting it around your house. Better call Fabio and get him to come here, right? <laughs> come over to your house and <laughs> free advertising right there. And get them things up. So the repellent is to keep those things away. I got the light at my house with the purple light. Sucks in. They're called the Dynatrap. Suck in the mosquitoes. It attracts the mosquitoes. I want to attract sinners. But I want them to see my life and want to change. How many know that's what God wants us to be? Okay, so, so to finish this, it says God, God, um, our relationship is defined by our obedience to his will and is being shaped. We're shaping our character towards the Lord. Ask yourself the question, am I more like Jesus today than I was last year? We should be. If we're not, we're going the wrong direction. And thank God for his mercy tonight. You can turn back around and start heading back towards Jesus. But we should be more like Jesus today than we were last year. And then it says, being holy, listen to this, makes the believer set apart from the evils of the world and useful for God's kingdom. If I am in the world, let's just, let's just, take, let's just throw it out there that you, 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 you can do whatever you want and still be, still be part of the kingdom of God. You're not going to do anything for the kingdom of God that way. But if you're setting yourself apart from the world, you're making yourself an object that God can use for other people to find Jesus. And that's what, what it comes down to. 1 Timothy 4.1, this is a great chapter. And it says, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will, and this is why I said this little part here is definitely a piggyback off of Sunday. It says, some will depart from the faith. So not to spend too much time on that, you can go back and listen to Sunday's message. If it says some will depart, that means we can depart from the faith. And it says why? Because they'll give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Doctrines that are man-made, like I mentioned on Sunday. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with the hot iron. Forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods, which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. 
For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. That is talking about food. And it says, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. How many are thankful that we can eat bacon? Amen? If you don't like bacon, that's all right, but I like bacon. I'm thankful that Peter had that vision and I can eat bacon. I can eat crickets if I want to. I can eat grasshoppers. I can eat snake. I can eat whatever I, I don't really, those last ones I mentioned don't want to, but I can if I want to. All I got to do is thank the Lord for it. Okay? That's what he's trying to say. There's no, there's no rules. It's no longer what goes into your body that defiles you, Jesus said. It's what comes out. Okay? And that's, that's, that's things that come out, spiritual things that come out. Okay? So let's keep reading. For if you instruct the brethren in these things, which I'm doing tonight to you, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables and, watch this, exercise yourself. Look at this. I'm going to leave this for a second. Exercise yourself toward godliness. So I'm not there yet, but my every effort every day is to be more like God and less like I was, which was, the Bible says, a son of a devil. Right? For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having promise of the life now that now is and, watch this, the promise of the life that is now and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and this is where we're going to get into what I really want to break down. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach. How many know when you start to, to, uh, to make a standard and live a different life, you're going you're gonna to have people talk bad about you. You're going to have people say, oh, they're better than me. They're holier than thou. They're this, that, and the other. You're going to have those kind of things happen. But it says, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. How many believers are here tonight? These things we're going to get into here, command and teach that no one, youth, teenagers, this is especially for you, or you that's young at heart. How many young at heart do I have? You may be older in age, but you don't have to, you, you, you don't have to act old. Amen? You, you, can, uh, you can be young at heart, but if you're young at heart and young at age, you have an advantage. It says, let no one despise your youth. That means you don't matter how young you are, God can use you if you set yourself apart. Don't, don't believe the lie of the devil that you, you need to test everything out right now and have fun and sow your oats, they say, and do this, that, and the other so you can find out what sin tastes like and, and then someday you can come back to the Lord. And the problem, the problem with that is is there's no promise you'll come back. We talked about that on Sunday. Okay? So... But it says, be, here's, the, here's the message, but be an example. And look what it says to who to be the example to. Not just the world, but to the believers. we got to have somebody to look up to. we got to have somebody who leads us by example. And we say, I want, I want that kind of marriage. I want to be that kind of parent. 
I want to have that kind of relationship with God. I want to have that kind of anointing. I want to have that kind of favor in my life. I want to have that kind of, 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 of a witness. I have people that we look up to and watch. He says, be an example to the believers. Now watch this. We're going to break this down right here, these next few words, in word. So I said it might turn into a series because there's a lot under each one of these. In word, in conduct, in love, and we're going to take the verse down after this, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Let me read it one more time. In word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And then we'll finish reading the rest of that chapter in a second. But I want to break this down. Number one, word. Be an example in word. We need to know what we believe if we want other people to believe it. Right? Now, there's two ways you can talk about the Word. You can talk about the Word being the Word of God, or I could talk about the Word uh, that you speak. But this is tonight talking about the Word of God, and we need, to, we need to know the Word and read the Word and understand the Word so that we can use the Word to witness. Right? We can't expect people to... Believe something we don't know. How many know if you've ever sold something or worked for a company, and whatever your job is, whatever your business is, whatever your work is, you got to learn your job. you got to learn what you're supposed to do. And, and if you're going to be a salesperson or you're going to be good at your job, you gotta, you got to do, you got to study what they tell you to do good and do a good job at it if you're going to excel. We cannot expect to be soul winners if we don't read the Bible. Because we got to know what the book says. So we got to be in the Word. Now here's the thing, though. The reason we have to do that, besides de- exercise, besides learning, besides growing, is this is this old statement, but it's so true. We are the only Bible many people will ever read. Do you understand that? Some people may never pick up a Bible, but you're the one they read. What are they reading? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. What example are they seeing? If we open our mouths and invite them to church, if we open our mouths and, and say we're Christians, if we open our mouths and say we believe in Jesus and all that, then automatically we're a Bible. And they're looking at the pages of our Bible, the pages of our life. They're looking at how we act and how we talk and how we walk. And like I said, if they see similarities in your walk to who they are, they're not going to want to change. Amen? They'll be like, we're both good. I just don't have to go to church. You can do something. I can do something else on Wednesday night or something else on Sunday morning or something else during the week because I don't need to go because I'm already good because I don't really see that much of a difference between you and me. How many know they should see a difference and it shouldn't be religion? What you don't want them to see is a religious person. You want them to see that there's something you have they don't have. Something that attracts them. So if we don't read the Word, we won't know the Word. If we don't know the Word, we can't preach the Word. If we don't preach the Word and live the Word, we're not going to get anybody saved. Can I get an amen? amen? Second word. Conduct. This is the way, this is so good, this is the way we carry ourselves. This is the way we carry ourselves. How we conduct our lives, how we, uh, there's a lot again under that. I could go quite a few different directions under conduct. But this is, in general, this is how we carry ourselves, okay? Uh, How we act, how we react, how we um, handle situations that are ugly, 
um, how we um, treat people when we're treated a certain way. There's a lot of stuff in this, but it all goes back to thinking as I react to something, as I, as I get angry or don't get angry, or I say something or don't say something, people are watching. Right? When you say you're a believer and you're a Christian, you have a, a, a uh, what's it called, target on your back. And they're just waiting for you to mess up. Waiting for you to be human. And so the way you carry yourself and your conduct that you have is very important. Another example is love. That's the next word. We got word, we got conduct, we got love. How many would like to love like Jesus loves? How many know that's not easy? The more we fall in love with Jesus, the more we're going to be like Jesus, the more we're going to love like Jesus. Jesus loved unloving people. Jesus loved unlovable people. I was thinking again about the cross and why that thief changed his mind. Why he went from mocking God and mocking Jesus and saying the same thing the other criminal was saying and, 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 and saying, if you're the Christ, come out of off that cross, save yourself and save us too. I thought it must have been the moment when Jesus was hanging on that cross and he looked over at both the thieves and looked down at the people mocking him and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Not only was he dying for us, he showed the love in the moment when he was being mocked the most. When we have those opportunities to be examples, think about that. How many know that love covers, love is like paint, you can do a lot, you can do a, all over our neighborhood, all over places I go, I see these houses that are, they could look so good if they would just spend a couple hundred dollars on paint. I mean, just a little bit of paint would change the entire way it looks. And that's what love, love is like the blood of, blood of, like the blood of Jesus. It covers a multitude of sins. Love goes a long way. Let, you, let yourself be guilty of them saying that person truly loves people. Let me give you a, a news flash. If you're a believer, you have to love people. You have to love people. If you truly love Jesus, you have to be like Jesus, and you have to love people. I just don't like people. You need to get saved. If you say that, you're not saved yet. I just don't like people. That Jesus would not say that. you got to get closer to Jesus so you can start loving people. Because love goes a long ways. Am I right? John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, which is not a new commandment, but he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you would love one another. This is part of the Bible, being the only Bible people read, is, is, and this is important too, is they watch how church people act with church people. I'm, we're, I believe we're very blessed in this church. That we love each other genuinely. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Doesn't mean that there might some be some people that don't love another person as much as they love another person, but we do love each other. Right? You might love somebody else less, but we genuinely love each other. People tell us that when they come to this church, that it's a friendly church, that it's a loving church. So I know there's a lot of churches that people don't go back to because they didn't feel the love. They didn't feel welcome. But Jesus says... I give you a new commandment that you'd love one another 
as I have loved you, that you should also love one another. By this, by this, by what? By the way we love people, you will know that they will know, they will know that you are my disciples. If there's that condition again, if you have love one for another. He's not even talking here in this part about loving the people outside that don't know Jesus. He's like, love each other first, at least. Get it right in the church. We know that when we come together tonight on a Wednesday night, we come together for a revival like we're going to do. Every time we come together, we're getting ourselves ready to go out to the, to the field. And if we can't get it right in here, we're not going to get it right out there. Hello? If you can't love somebody who's a Christian and believes the same way you do, how are you going to love someone who hates you? If you can't love someone who has the same values, the same core beliefs, the same church name, the same everything, and can't get along with those people here in the church, you're not going to love that person who cusses you out and flips you off and tells you all these different things. We couldn't go out to the street and preach in Denton on the square if we didn't love each other. Amen. How many are with me? Love goes a long way. I'll say this quote that I haven't said for a long time. Many of you have heard it say, I didn't coin it, but I've been using it for about 30 years. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Amen? So you can try to witness to somebody, speak into their life and all these different things. They don't care how much you know about the Bible, how much you know about the things of God, if you don't know how much you care about them. True, genuine love goes a long way. How many believe that tonight? It, it, it covers a multitude of sins. What's the next one? Anybody, anybody write them down? What's the next one? Spirit. Amen? Spirit. Here's a big one. How many could use a little bit more infilling of the Holy Spirit? A little more power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and having the fullness of the Holy Spirit so that we can be less carnal and be more spiritual. And I love this verse in the Bible where it says in Ephesians 5.18, I'm going to do this one in the NLT if they caught the NLT part there. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? We don't need that stuff anymore. We don't need those mind-altering things anymore. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't need drugs. We don't need pills. We don't need this, that, and the other. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When the power of the Holy Spirit is operating, I don't need those other things. Amen? I don't need them. For some of you, it might be energy drinks. Amen. I just say it might be. I didn't say it was. I don't know if they need that, Santos, if we add that to the cross, the energy drinks. And some of you say, hey, you like coffee. Go ahead and bring it. I fasted coffee last year and don't need it. I like it, but I don't need it. Amen. I'd like to see, like, take the energy drinks. I don't even have anybody in mind, by the way, I promise. I just see them. I see them sitting around all over the place. And, and so I, I would love to see how you'd function without that thing. Amen? Whatever it is, let the Spirit of God fill us up. We don't need that. Think about social media. Think about all these different things that we feel like we need 
to make it through the day. If I don't sit, check the feed, am I going to make it? You know, if I don't see who's, who's gossiped lately on Facebook, I don't think I'm going to make it. If I don't think I've got on there and seen how many likes I had, I don't think I'm going to make it. Right? He says, don't worry about that stuff. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Amen? And you'll be an example. What's the next one? Faith. How many know we need to be an example in faith? One of the things that I hear a lot, and it's not wrong, it's just that we hear a lot, is that all of us are always going through something. Seems like every service we're, man, how many are struggling? How many are this, that, and the other? To me, sometimes that's like Captain Obvious. I mean, that's par for the course. But my struggles and my problems and my needs are not really going to build someone's faith up. Everybody goes through problems. Does anybody realize that? I don't have never met someone that doesn't have problems in life. So everybody has problems, listen closely, but not everybody has faith. So if you want to be a witness, you need to have faith over your situation. And like we always talk about, instead of talking about the problem, talk to the problem. And let people see in your situation that everybody has and everybody's going through, let them see your faith that says, God's going to get me through this. God's going to take me out of this. God's, God's done it before. He's going to do it again. Amen. How you talk and the faith that you have and the faith that you express, not just faith in Jesus on the cross, but faith to believe for your rent. Faith to believe that you can get out of debt. Faith to believe whatever it is, whatever it is you're going through. Have that faith so someone sees your faith and they go, man, if you got faith for that, I can have faith for this. Faith. These are things that he's telling us here. He's telling Timothy, by the way, if you don't know, it's called First Timothy. Paul is teaching him. He's a disciple of Paul, and he's his son in the things of God. And he's saying, Timothy, you're going to do great and powerful and mighty awesome things for God. This is how you do it. Here's another one, the last one. I believe it's the last Purity. Purity. Some of you could, might think, I never had the word purity next to mine. That, that's, no one's ever called me pure. You might have a horrible past. You might have made a lot of mistakes. And you think, how could I even get in the same room as purity? Well, here's how. The blood of Jesus. The Bible says, if you confess your sins... He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. And what's that next part? And cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That means that in Christ, you are pure. You're a new creation. All the old things are passed away. Amen? And now we can start fresh and we can be pure. God can look at us and see our sins as though they're white as snow. Amen? So word. Conduct, love, spirit, being filled with the spirit, having faith, and having purity. Those are all areas. This is a good homework. Go home and read again. Go home and work on these things. Look, yourself, look at yourself in the mirror. Say, how am I handling these things? How is my conduct? How do I know the word? How, how, how's my spirit? How, how's my love for people? Okay. And now we'll go back to the verse. We finished up in... Um, 12, we're going to go to 13 and finish this chapter. So it says, so till I come, give attention. This is going to kind of confirm everything I just want to know. Give attention to reading. Amen? Give attention to reading. Reading the word to exhortation. 
When you're, when you're really being an example, you're an example in taking correction too. You're able to be corrected. We talk about this all the time in discipleship. If you come to that discipleship, I promise you, you'll hear at some point the, the part of, of being uh, looking for uh, correction, looking for be, be, making yourself teachable, looking for opportunities to learn, uh, seeing, seeing how you'll react to correction. It's not, it's not the correction itself. It's how we react to how God corrects us because we all make mistakes. And we see that all through the Bible. So to doctrine. Doctrine is what we believe. Do not neglect the gift that's in you. Tell the person next to you, you've got a gift. Now ask yourself when you said that, do you believe that you got a gift? How many believe you got a gift? If you don't, then, then, you're, then you're, you're doubting God. We all have a gift. We can have several gifts. A lot of times... Most of the time, we're not operating in the gifts that God's given us. There's gifts we were born with, abilities and talents, and then there's gifts you can pray for. It's actually nine that you can pray for. And those gifts are to be able to function in a way that you bear lots of fruit, that you reach lots of people. How many know we need to be in a healthy competition tonight of who's the best example in this church of a believer? Amen? Healthy competition. That we're working on our walk with God, and we're not, again, we're not looking around seeing who I can hang out with or who I can sin with and still be saved. We're looking around saying, how can I sharpen somebody else so that that other person wants to serve God and be holy and righteous and different and be an example and glorify God because of what he did on the cross? Don't neglect that gift that's in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands. Don't ever take it for granted when we pray for you. Not because we're anything, but because we're following what God said in his word. That the pastor and the leaders would pray for people and lay their hands on people. That's why, just to, just to throw a little teaching in, we don't let just anybody pray for anybody. The Bible actually says, do not lay your hands hastily on anyone. So we don't just let anybody walk in. And we've had those, sorry to be mean, clowns come into our church. People come into a church. I can't, I, can't I can't even fathom that. I just got to chase a rabbit for a second. Can I chase a rabbit for a second? Can you imagine walking into somebody's house? You're invited over for a small group. And, and you know, you're, you're in the living room, maybe the kitchen. But you walk into their house and go straight to their master bedroom and lay down on their bed. Hello? Can you imagine that? That's what it's like when someone walks into a church and starts laying their hands on somebody. That's, you don't do that. How are you going to walk into someone's house you've never been in and walk to their master bedroom and lay on their bed? Right? So, this is, so the opposite of that is, is the laying on of the hands is powerful. When, they, when we sent out these pastors and their wives and these couples, we laid our hands on them. We anointed them. They, that's been happening for 2,000 years. That's why the gospel's here today. Amen? Which was given to you by prophecy with laying on the hands of the eldership. It's finished. Meditate on these things. That means you don't think about it once. You think about it every day. Meditate on these things. Watch this. Give yourself entirely to them. Give yourself to your example. 
Make a decision tonight on this Wednesday night in February, last couple days. Tomorrow's a leap year day, right? For those people that were born on the 29th that only have a birthday every four years. Can anybody else believe March is almost here already? And they say time flies. I don't even think that gives it justice. Give yourself entirely to them. I could just preach this whole message right there. Give your, how much uh, to God are you giving of yourself? That's not mean. That's not condemnation. It's the question. We want God to use us, but how much time do we give him? But yeah, we gotta go. I know we got to go to work. I know we, we all have to do those things. But, but outside, in our time we have, how much are we giving of our time to the Lord? Because, listen, just, just to make this simple, if you're here and you're saying, I want, man, I, I'm hearing this. I want to be a great example. But you get home and you never pick up the Bible or you go pick it up in the morning and, and you spend 30 minutes on social media and you never pick up the Bible, you're not going to be a great witness or a great example. That's just common sense. Someone say common sense. You can't buy common sense. You just have to have it. Or ask for it. Say, Lord, help me. Have common sense. Amen? You're going to get out of your walk what you put into your walk. And Paul says, Timothy, give yourself entirely to these things. That your progress, watch this, may be evident to all. There's gonna, there, there, there should be people, and we do have this, but it should be where you look and go, man, there is a change in that person. Maybe someone comes to your mind right now. I hope someone does. You've been, however long you've been coming, you, you think, it's, man, there is a definite change in that person. They're, they're not the same person they were last year. They're not the same person they were a few years ago. They're not the same person they were six months ago. How many know we should all be advancing? And going forward and growing in the Lord so that our progress will be evident. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. And look at this. Continue in them. Continue in them. In other words, it ain't, you don't do it for the first six months you're saved. How many know lots of people when they get saved, they're super excited, super happy. On, we call them on fire. They tell everybody about it, and then, and then somehow, some way, they, they begin to get religious. And then we begin to forget what the Lord saved us from. And then we begin to get where we look at somebody else and we go, oh, man, they're an ugly, old, smelly sinner. And we forget what we smelt like, forget what we look like. We can't, he says, continue in these things. Now, how, how long you've been saved, you've got to continue in them. Amen? For in doing this, watch this, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Amen? Amen? As the musicians begin to come, I'm going to finish with 1 Peter chapter 2. We read a little bit of 1 Peter 2 on Sunday, but this is a totally different verse. Having your conduct, there's that word again, honorable. Among the Gentiles. What's a Gentile? Someone who's, who's obviously not a, a, a Jewish person, but what he's saying here in this sense of the verse is a non-believer. Having your conduct honorable among the non-believers. That when they speak against you, I, I talked about this a few minutes ago, as evildoers, 
Because it isn't interesting that as we try to follow Christ and tell people that there's a difference and that we should change and we should be more like Jesus, they call us evil. Isaiah said it. They'll call evil good and they'll call good evil. Isn't it interesting today what evil and good is in the eyes of the people? It says, when they speak against you as evildoers, they may condition, they may, by your good works, which they observe. So, so, so it's not what I say. I'm a good Christian. I'm, I'm a, I have a lot of faith. I read the Bible. I pray. I fast. I tithe. It ain't what you say. You can't observe those things. It says that they may observe and then glorify God in the day of visitation. Be an example and glorify God. Father, tonight in your word, we want this to be our lives. Every single one of us are desiring this, Lord. That we would be an example. God, that our conduct, our faith, the word, the spirit, the purity, the love, all these things, God, that you've called us to do would be real and from a heart that's broken before you that says, God, you saved me from so much. The very least I can do is be an example. I want to be holy as you are holy. Tonight, God, I'm made holy by you. I'm forgiven when I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Your word says I'm, I'm a new creation. All things start new and fresh, but I got to wake up every single morning and I got to renew my vows and I got to say, Lord, today's a new day. I start again on the right track. Today I'm going to be a witness. Today I'm going to be an example. Today I'm going to live my life in a way that glorifies your name and honors you. Lord, all over this place, you're talk, talk, tugging at hearts. You're challenging. You're convicting. You're working. You're speaking. You're dealing with us so that we can become the God-fearing people that you've called us to be so that this world can look at us and glorify your name through our lives. We are the only Bible so many people are ever going to read. People don't know how much we know until they know how much we care. That's love. Lord, we can't love if we don't fall in love with you. We can't speak your word if we don't read it. We are what we give ourselves to. You said in the middle of those verses, give yourself to these things. Lord, challenge us tonight to give ourselves. Well, I'm here on a Wednesday night, Pastor. Give everything you have to God. You'll never regret it. Don't hold anything back. Totally surrender to him tonight. Say, Lord, I want to become the greatest example, the greatest witness this world's ever seen. And I want to, I want to witness to the whole world and I want to evangelize the whole world and whenever is necessary, I want to use words. Let my life and my example and my actions Speak louder than my words. Let me not be a hypocrite, Father, but let me be something that is an attractant, Father, to those people that are lost, that in the last days they would glorify your name through my actions. 
tonight as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here and you don't personally know Jesus tonight. You don't have a relationship with him. You've never been born again. You've never given your life and surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus and said, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. Tonight you can be saved. Tonight you can be a new creation, a new person. Tonight all your past can be forgotten and forgiven. How many in this place tonight listening to my voice, maybe you're online, maybe you're listening on the podcast, maybe you're sitting here in a chair, you've never said, Jesus I surrender to you, and tonight you want to do that. Just quickly lift up your hand all across this place. That's me. I've never done that. It's not a church membership thing. It's a relationship thing. Do you know Jesus? I see your hand. How many more? I've never done that. Tonight's my night. Today, the Bible says today's the day of salvation. Today's the acceptable day of the Lord. Maybe right now the, the enemy is lying to you and he's saying, you can't, you can't change tonight because you, you still got a lot of things you got to get right. You got a lot of things you got to fix. That's not true. That's not true. That Jesus never said that you got to go get things right and fixed. He says, come unto me just as you are. I'll accept you just as you are, and then I'll teach you how to live. He told that thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. I believe some of you here tonight, you, you're, you, God's got a call of God on your life. He wants to use you, but you're stuck in religion. You're stuck in condemnation. You're stuck thinking that you can't change, that, that, that there's nothing that can change in your life. That's a lie from the devil. How many more just quickly could say, would you pray for me tonight? Remember me as we pray. I need to give my life to Jesus. Just put your hand up and put it down. Today's the beginning of a new day. Amen. Maybe you're here, and, and at some point in your life you said, you said that prayer. You put your faith in Jesus. You believed that he died on the cross for your sins, but tonight you're not living for the Lord. You've wandered away. You've done what the Bible calls backsliding. You've gone back to your old ways, and tonight it's just one step back. How many could say, that's me, Pastor? I need to come back to my first love tonight. Just lift up your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. James 5 says when you bring somebody back from the way of wandering, it's a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. Many, many people, let me tell you something. As we stand tonight, let's stand all over this place. Many people, I've been saying this for the last couple of years, there's a whole generation of people out there. Listen, don't turn me off. Whole generation of people out there who went to church. Somewhere, as we joke, drugged to church. Their parents drugged them to church. They did, they did a good job getting their kids to church but maybe they didn't do a good job living the life. And there was a lot of hypocrisy. And so people have a bad taste in their mouth of what religion is. People have a bad taste in their mouth of what, of what God is because of an example. That's why I started this off, if you remember, that the number one reason for atheism is Christians who say they believe in Jesus, but they deny him when they walk out the door and go back and live a certain way that doesn't glorify God. Let that not be us tonight, amen? Tonight, if you raise your hand for salvation or rededication, it's not to embarrass you, but if, I want to pray with you. I would love for you to make a, a public declaration to God. Say, Lord, I'm not ashamed of you. I, I believe in the gospel, and I want it's this whole church to know today's the beginning of a new life for me. I want you just to step out of your chair to the nearest aisle, if you raised your hand, and just come down here real quick for either one of those things. Come on, just come. I'm going to wait just a moment. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. We've all done it. All of us have done it. Come on.
Let's just wait a minute. I know, I know the Lord's tugging on hearts. Holy Spirit, deal with us tonight. Deal with us tonight, Holy Spirit. Say this with me. Lord Jesus, I believe. Amen. All right. There was some over here. Raise your hand. Just come. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Amen. Praise the Lord. We've all done it. We've all came down here and said, I need, I need to change. I want to change. Amen. God's got a call on your life. Amen. He wants to use you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God's tugging on your hearts, speaking to you. Amen. Amen. All we're doing is admitting I'm a sinner. I make mistakes. I fail. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve heaven. Jesus says, no one does. He says, our goodness is like filthy rags. But I went to that cross and I died so that you could live. He, he, made the, he took the punishment from God on him. Being fully God, he came down into a human body and died so we could say, Jesus, I believe that. And that's what Jesus said. He who believes in me, though he were dead, that means that when we die, he shall live. Only way we can get to heaven, Jesus said, is through him. It's not about religion. It's not about a bunch of righteous acts. It's believing what Jesus did, and it's free. It's a free gift. Imagine if I had you guys come up here tonight, and I said, now, we're going to say a prayer, but before we say this prayer, and before you get saved, I need you to get, go get baptized in water, and I need you to tithe off your last paycheck, and I need you to go save 25 prayers, and I need you to go, you know, if I start telling these things you got to do, that would be religion. There's nothing you got to do but believe. And right now, this is what the Bible says, that when we say this prayer and you say amen, I tell people this all the time, this, this is what you're, if they were to read your sins, they would see all kinds of words. She did this, he did this, he did that. He, that's what you'd look like right now. But as soon as you ask Jesus to forgive you and you pray, it'll look like this. Everything you've ever done will be wiped away clean. Like you've never sinned. And the picture, think about this tonight for the message. From Sunday, from tonight, the picture now is I've been clothed in righteousness. I've got a new robe. And just like new shoes or a new shirt, or new, you want to keep it clean. And so you might get a stain on it or something, but you clean it off. And you're, Man, I don't want that stain. I want to stay clean. I want to stay white. I want to stay pure. And that's the walk, staying pure. Let, not letting the things of the world get on us. Amen? You're gonna, we're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. We're going we're gonna to sometimes do the wrong thing. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for that. And every day you start doing that, and you watch what God does. Amen? So just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I love you because you love me. I admit that I'm a sinner and that I fall short of your requirements. I'll never be good enough to enter into a holy heaven. But your word says you took my place and removed my sin and the penalty of death on the cross for me. I believe that. I accept that. And then you came out of the grave to defeat death. And you're the only one who's ever done that. 
That's why you're the way, the truth, and the life. Tonight I believe, I accept, and I change. As you change me, wash me clean, make me a new person. And from this night forward, I'm going to learn through your word how to live for you and glorify you. Devil, I'm not yours anymore. I don't belong to you. I turn my back on you, and I live for Jesus. And you're going to protect me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Rejoice tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says there's a party going on in heaven right now. Angels are rejoicing in heaven right now because your name is written down. And listen, this is just the beginning. Now, you walk out of here tonight, it starts the process of every day. And we'll help you. For those of you that might be new, let me tell you something. In this church, there's no sin that has not been committed. I promise you that. There's no failure that has not happened. This place is full of testimonies of everything you could name. And some have done everything you could name. We proved that last Wednesday. Right? So don't think that God can't change you. The devil's going to be waiting for you when he get out the doors. He's going to tell you that wasn't real, that was just a prayer, blah, 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 blah. Don't listen to him. Everything I told you tonight is directly out of this book. It's been around for 2,000 years, and it's real. Amen? Young man, the, not to, the tears you're crying are real. Amen? Real tears. Because God is doing something in your life right now. Amen? And the key to a change in a life is a repentive heart. When you, you feel bad for your mistakes, you feel bad for your sins. You say, Lord, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I want to glorify you. We'll get into this stuff more, but I was talking about it a little bit for the service tonight. When we do what we want to do, we're glorifying Satan. Because God had a perfect plan for humanity, and he had a perfect plan for Satan. A perfect one, a good one. A good one for Lucifer. And when he fell and rebelled, we were either, when we act... When we do something, when we speak a word, when we take a step, when we think a thought, we're either acting like God or the devil. There's no in-between ground. And that's now the work is now we're saved. Now my work is to every day learn how to talk and walk and act like God wants me to act. And nothing like that devil who hates me and wants me to go to hell. And he hates you. He really hates you. As much as God loves you, he hates you. But God loves you more. His love is stronger. That's why he won tonight and the devil lost. Amen. Amen. Over your soul. He lost and God won. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, Go to our website at vwotexas.com.